0: I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for these psalms that really minister to our hearts in whatever state we find ourselves, whether we are in a time of uh, tremendous trial and distress or whether we are walking with you and sensing your presence and reveling in your goodness. So we thank you, Lord, for your word, and we pray that uh, you would change us by it and have your Holy Spirit apply it to our hearts and minds. We give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen. I've been reading the Psalms for a long time. I've been a Christian for over 30 years, and uh, I enjoy the Psalms. And uh, I think what we're going to cover now is probably one of the most common themes in Psalms. And so when I have the opportunity to come up here and have messages from this, uh, there may be a temptation to alter it even a little bit to say, well, we've heard that. But I believe it is a common referring in Psalms because God wants us to hear it over and over and over again. We start in verse 10 with, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. We know there is an eternal punishment for the wicked, those who do not repent, those who do not turn to God. And yet, the Bible is filled with words like this that tell us God is not going to wait. God begins his punishment here on earth just as he begins his blessing, which we'll get to. So see, it begins here with people bearing painful consequences for sin. You may know people like this. If you're more than three, you probably know people like this. And so we see the consequences of sin. We've seen it in our own lives and we see it in the lives of others. And the second part, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. So see, God does not wait to reward the faithful with mercy. Mercy is poured out upon us, and we learn to appreciate it. The longer you live, I think the more you learn to appreciate God's mercy. Just how bad sin could be destroying things in your life were it not for the mercy of God. God is merciful. In verse 11, we read, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. Now note that we are not just to be glad. I remember uh, C.S. Lewis talking about how the church's uh, message had been so dumbed down at points that it was almost like just go and be happy. And he thought, well, I can be plenty happy with just a bottle of port. So we are to be glad... In the Lord. We Christians must discriminate in what we pursue to fulfill us, to give us joy, to give us gladness. We are called to. He tells us, be glad, but only in the Lord. Now, we know the real joy is to be found only in the Lord. We know this intellectually. And yet, I believe we learn it and relearn it experientially as we go through life because we. Do not refrain from trying other things to get us fulfillment because we just apparently grow weary of God where we really should be seeking joy. Some of these are even good. Family, friendships, these are good things. But these are not what we are to pursue to truly bring us joy in the Lord. You must pursue God to be pursuing joy. Gladness and joy in God. All of these other things are sanctified, are salted by God. And then the second uh, sentence or the second paragraph there in 11b is, and shout for joy, you upright in heart. Being upright in heart. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Being upright in heart leads to joy that cannot be contained, to joy that you must express. We sing a lot of songs here on Sunday. Many of these songs are joyful, and we should be singing them from the heart. If we're not, it's perhaps true that you're not upright in heart. Your heart isn't filled with gladness from God. And so to the degree that we cannot shout for joy to the Lord, then it's probably a degree to which we're falling short of pursuing uprightness in heart. Now, Contrast being filled with joy and being so filled with joy that it's coming out of you, in praise to God, with what you feel when you are in sin, when you are in and experiencing the remorse of sin. You don't experience uprightness then. That uprightness that you must experience is what will lead you to joy. As Christians, God has cut off any access to true joy that in any way involves sin. And again, we Christians learn this experientially. We may study it, we may hear it, we may learn it, we may know it, we may memorize it, but we still may disobey. And so therefore, to the extent we disobey, we will experience godly remorse, which, by God's design, gets us back to joy because we go through that, through godly repentance, which leads us back to God and we're pursuing God because we want him, we miss him, we love him, and that gets us back to joy. So see, God has given us that cycle. The more we drift apart, we will grow despondent. If you're his child, you will not be fulfilled by anything else that this earth has to offer. As good as it gets, it just won't cut it. And so we are thankful to God that he brings us back, back to himself, back to true joy. So God pours mercy out upon us here on the earth. Grace and mercy. And we trust in the Lord, and we are to be glad in the Lord. Both of these, if you think about it, are commands. Be glad in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He's telling us what to do. He's not just saying that this is going to happen. You have to pursue it. You have to want it. And so to the degree that you do not pursue it, and potentially do not want it at times, you won't have it. You have to go through God again to get these things. You have to want it. But the pursuit is worth it because it ends with shouts of joy. So as we come to the table, remember that that's our goal, not only in heaven, but here on this earth, is to so fill ourselves with God that we shout for joy, that we cannot contain it. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this psalm, uh, for having David had lived through so much of this and you had him write them down as your holy word. Uh, We just thank you, Lord. You have blessed us uh, with what was written here uh, 3,000 years ago. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to now bless this uh, bread and wine to our bodies that we would be yours and that we would fill ourselves with the pursuit of happiness and joy through you.